Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's exciting to be able to join together in the last message in our series simply called Elijah. I've been doing a recap every week, and I didn't want to leave it off on this last time of sharing together about this incredible prophet. So just go back to week one. In week one, Elijah confronted Ahab the king, and God withheld rain and dew from Israel because Ahab's reign was so evil. In week two, Elijah partnered with a widow from Sidon. In week three, Elijah performed the miracle on Mount Carmel and volcanic fire from, fell from heaven. In week four, Elijah prayed for the rain to return to the land and it did, but all it, all it did was tick off Jezebel, the evil queen. She put out a death notice for Elijah and that's why in week five we realized that fear will always rival faith. But last week in week six, Elijah reminded us that God is still speaking as he stood on the mountain of God and heard God call to him in a gentle whisper. How do you end an incredible life story like this? And today, we're going to learn how to leave a legacy and live a legacy. In fact, I thought this would be interesting. If we look at the word legacy, really an overused word in our world today, yet the definition is still stirring. Legacy is a gift, a bequest, or something transmitted or given by an ancestor or predecessor, something handed down or received. We often think of the word legacy as something that's given to us from someone who dies and then they pass a, a gift or uh, a lifestyle, a mentoring on to someone else that's still living. And that's true. But I want us to really think about what it means to leave a legacy and actually empower people to live a legacy. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, once said, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. But rather a legacy of character and faith. That's exactly what we're going to see happen in the life of Elijah. In the first part of the message today, we'll discover how Elijah fulfills God's command that he anoint a young Elisha. I know it can be confusing, but it's Elijah and a young leader, up-and-coming prophet, named Elisha, that God will call out. But then we'll watch as Elijah doesn't die, 
He doesn't cross the threshold of death, but God calls him dramatically home to heaven. And in this incredible conclusion to Elijah's story, we're going to discover how to leave a legacy and live a legacy. And it all begins in this incredible chapter, 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and then they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. If we're going to leave a legacy and live a legacy, we must celebrate the past and focus on the future. It's such an interesting story. Remember that Elijah has been overwhelmed with fear, but God spoke to him on the mountain of God, and he sets off to find this young man named Elisha. He finds him plowing in the field. It was an uh, agricultural society. It made perfect sense that that's where we find Elisha. And Elijah doesn't unpack the whole story. He doesn't really do anything we would expect but what Elijah does is he finds him, he knows that Elisha is the one that will be his successor, and he goes up, walks, he's walking by him, he takes his cloak, and he, he lays it on him, and then he continues to walk. Now don't forget, I told you last week, I would remind you of the, the power and the reverence, the meaning behind the cloak. Don't forget that it's actually translated in the Hebrew, the prophet's, here it is, mantle. Now, when I think about this, I think Elijah is being very specific in laying on his cloak to Elisha as the beginning of a new chapter in Elijah's life, but also in Elisha's life. And it stuns this young guy, this young farmer. He's, he doesn't even realize, who, who is this hairy guy that just laid his cloak on me and now he's walking down the road? I, I literally think Elisha stood there, shook his head, and thought, what is going on? And then God began to speak to him. That's Elijah. That's the prophet everyone knows and he's just laid the cloak, the mantle of succession on you. We're told that Elisha begins to run after Elijah. He catches up and he's, he's I think he's dazed. But he looks at him and he says, oh, okay, okay, I, I, I want to go with you. But can I go back and tell my family? I think it's so interesting that Elijah goes, and, and this is his, his reply, go back. What have I done to you? 
sounds flippant, doesn't it? Go, go back. What have I done to you? Well, what's interesting to me in this scenario is, is that we actually begin to understand that Elijah is saying to Elisha, I'm not the one calling you. I, this really never was my cloak. This was really never my calling. This was God's calling on my life. And if you want it, God is giving it to you. I want you to understand this this morning. We have to be willing to celebrate our past and focus on the future. But to do that, we need to understand that God has a vision of our mission. And we have to be willing to accept it. And then, Elisha does something so intriguing. He lets Elijah go. He goes back. And he plans a family and friends backyard barbecue. Did you catch it? It's right there in Scripture. He, he calls everybody together. But don't miss how he does does the event. He kills his team of oxen. He prepares the food and gives it to everyone, and he lights a fire by burning his plowing equipment. That would have been huge in that day. This is his livelihood. Let me ask you, what is it that God has blessed you with right now in this moment that is so important to you that God is saying to go to the next level, to open a new chapter with me, you've got to let that go. Celebrate the past. Celebrate it. Be open to it. Know about it. it it's so incredible when we think about how God has blessed us, but we can't drag even the blessings of our past into the present if we're going to have the future that God has laid out for us. And in this moment, Elisha decides to celebrate the past, burn his equipment, celebrate and tell everybody he's done being a farm boy, and now he's going to focus on the future with Elijah and his calling as the next prophet of Israel. Back in a day that none of us would agree with, now, in this century, there was, in the 1500s, an explorer named Cortez. He was sent by the Spanish government to what is now known as Mexico. That land was ruled by the Aztecs, a warring, warring tribe. And in the day when people conquered lands, Cortez went to conquer the land on behalf of his country. Again, we don't agree with that, but what's intriguing to me about the story about Cortez in the 1500s is that when he took, it, it, it's thought to be four to 600 men were on his ship, several ships, and when they got to the coast, he scuttled, some scholars think he burned the ships, perhaps leaving none or only one. And he wrote in his journal and he said, Quote, everyone now has to be all in. We have to leave our past behind and work with our hands in this moment to fulfill our mission. 
Elijah and Elisha had to come to an agreement. They had to celebrate the past, both men. What an incredible story and legacy Elijah was leaving for Elisha. Elisha had a family. He had wonderful friends. He had a great life that he had been blessed with. But now it was time to celebrate that past and let it go. And then focus on the future. I think these, I I call them legacy choices. I think these legacy choices happen to all of us uh, every day. Sometimes they're as simple as encouraging a child. I'll never forget the time that I was in Pennsylvania, and I, that's where I, I lived before I moved to the grand state of Ohio, and I went to the dollar store. I don't even know why I was there, but as I was coming out of the dollar store, I saw a mother with her two-year-old child, and this is what I heard. She was so frustrated with her daughter. She kept saying, you're so stupid. You are so stupid. And I thought, you are going to end up with a child who doesn't believe in her future because you don't believe in her right now as her mother. I call those legacy choices. Right now, everything that you and I are doing, we are leaving a legacy in the lives of people that God has entrusted to our care. Sometimes the legacy choice is even more daunting. It's larger. It's, it's, it's bigger. I can uh, recall the time that Kay and I first got married and we loaded up a, a, a tiny little U-Haul, pulled our car, and we went to Florida to begin ministry years and years ago. It was overwhelming, but it was a legacy choice that has shaped my future. Here is the question that Elijah would be asking each of us if he was here right now this morning. He would be asking, are you ready to celebrate your past, but stop holding on to it, and now focus on the future that God has planned for you? To leave a legacy and live a legacy, we have to be ready to open a new chapter. Let's let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 10. Now, this is a longer passage of Scripture, and I don't want you to think that we've skipped over some dramatic things. Please go back and read what happened to Elijah. But Ahab and Jezebel will become a very distant footnote, and God has been mentoring this young Elisha, but the moment comes when God is ready to call Elijah home to heaven. Let's look at the passage. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah replied, so be quiet. I love that. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. 
The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. What an incredible story. To leave a legacy and live a legacy, we must let go and let God lead. That's our next insight. We must let go and let God lead. Have you ever thought about the power of the word let? Think about it in Scripture. In the Bible it says that God in the beginning said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus said, let your light shine, and he told the crowd, Whoever has ears, let them hear. Three times, Kay and I let our children go to college. We weren't actually giving them permission. Instead, we were partnering with God to empower our children to become who God had called them to be and fulfill the mission of God's vision for their lives. If we want to leave a legacy, we must be willing to live a legacy, and that will require that we let go and let God lead. It's a partnership together. And actually, in this passage I just read, there are four stages that I see where Elijah and Elisha had to let go and let God lead. And I want to call those out for us. Because it's crucial that we leave and we live the legacy that God has given to us. So look at stage one. In stage one, I call it expect something extraordinary. And it comes actually from verse one in chapter two. We're told that Elijah knew God's whirlwind was coming. He discerned that God would call him to heaven that day. And he wouldn't even face death. He believed in God for the miraculous. And that's why stage one is essential. If we want to live a legacy for God and for the people that we love, we must always expect something extraordinary. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, the apostle Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 
this is crucial. If we're going to let God uh, lead us, we have to be willing to expect something extraordinary every day of our lives, especially in the moments where we're confused about what God is really doing. When we have the big questions, how will it happen? Isn't that where Elisha was? Elisha was, had to be thinking to himself, God is going to take Elijah? I'm going to be left all alone. But Elijah was expecting something extraordinary, not just his chariot ride to heaven, but he was expecting great things for Elisha, which leads to stage two. Embrace the test. In verses two, four, and six of chapter two, did you hear it as Elijah tells Elisha, you don't have to go, stay put. He doesn't need to come. But I was thinking, why? Why would Elijah say it? Was Elijah trying to spare Elisha's feelings? Did Elijah hate long goodbyes? Why, why did he do it? And then it, I realized something. Elijah was allowing Elisha to be tested in a moment of uncertainty. Now, now please, hang on to this. If we're going to let go and let God lead, some of the most important moments are in those times when we aren't aware of what's going to happen next. That, that feeling of, I just wish I knew what was coming. Have you ever had that? I know I have. I've been having that a lot lately, it seems. God, what's next on the horizon? I love open doors, God. Thank God they're not, these doors that I'm living right now aren't closed, but God, what is going on? And I realize stage two is so important in our walk with God. If we're gonna let go and let God lead, we have to embrace the test of our faith. That's why I, I go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 so often. The writer tells us, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Wait, I'm supposed to be joyful about the test? I'm supposed to love and be excited that God has something new on the horizon. Yes, that's stage two. Embrace the test. And then stage three, if we're going to let go and let God lead, we have to determine to overcome distractions. It is one of my favorite parts in this entire uh, uh, passage of Scripture. I don't know if you realize it, biblically or historically, there were schools of prophets that God would call out to live together and help lead and guide the people that God entrusted to their care. Elijah and Elisha stop at Gilgal. Then they move from that school of prophets to the school of prophets at Jericho. Both times, they can you picture this? They, they draw, they draw uh, Elisha aside. Hey, hey, we're prophets. We don't know if you know it. But God's going to call Elisha, your, your master, away from you. And I think it's a little irritating. Come on. This is Elisha. He's going to be the, the, the successor to Elijah. And he goes, I know. I know it. 
just be quiet. Have you ever thought of this? Even the best-intentioned people can divert our energy from the mission that God has for us. But we must remain firmly committed to God's call. There are people in your life right now, friends, who are well-meaning, they love you, they care about you, they just don't understand the calling of God on your life. And, and they may try to draw you away and distract you. Sometimes there are people that they do it intentionally, but that's not the majority of the people in our lives. They're not doing it intentionally. But regardless, we have to determine to overcome our obstacles. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 6-7 through seven. Hundreds and hundreds of years later, an older Paul was mentoring a young Timothy and said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Stage three, determine to overcome the obstacles. Fan the flame of the calling that God has given, which leads to stage four. If we're going to let go and let God lead, we must ask boldly and focus intently. Think about it. It's one of the most quoted, perhaps one of the most overwhelming, the most hopeful, the most misunderstood verse of all the Bible when Elijah looks at young Elisha and says, what can I do for you before I go? What can I do for you? <laughs> I think I would have been tempted to go, don't go. <laughs> if you want to know, if you want to know what I want, don't go. Just hang out. We're not done. I'm not ready to let you go. Are you surprised by Elisha's answer? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. What was he asking? He was saying, let, let the power of God that rests on you flow even more greatly on me. I kind of think of it like this. Elisha's in his mind is going, if you're going to leave me and I have to carry on this legacy of yours, if I have to live this legacy out, then I want to be empowered to do it well. Elijah responds and says, it's something difficult that you're asking me, but if you stay focused on me when I leave, then you'll have what you asked. And you know what? We'll see in a moment that it happened. But I don't want to leave stage four to ask boldly and focus intently without reading Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Now listen to this. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If we're going to let go and let God lead, I'm challenging you right now. In the moment where you feel most uncertain, could you do this please? Could you get into the presence of God and boldly ask for more power? Not for yourself, but could you ask for more power and more insight and more wisdom, more love and more grace, more faith in order to do what God is calling you to do? Even though, listen, listen, even though you don't know what it is yet. If you're going to let go and let God lead, then like Elisha, we have to ask boldly and focus intently. We must recognize that God is in control. Elisha, listen to this, Elisha wasn't losing Elijah. Elisha knew he was being called to fulfill his purpose. And for that moment to come, he had to let go of Elijah. He asked for greater power from God. And then he had to let God lead. Let's finish out in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. As they were walking, oh, picture this. Please picture this as I read it. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father! the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Now just hang on, here it is. Elisha then picked up Elisha's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took that cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. To leave a legacy and live a legacy, we must walk in God's power and go. It would be easy to focus on the dramatics of Elijah's departure. Come on, would you forget a chariot of fire, horsemen from Israel? A kind of like thinking maybe they were angels ablaze. And in an instant, everything was different. And in an instant, one chapter was closed and another opened. Isn't that our lives? You get comfortable with things the way they are. In fact, you even come to the point you think it'll always be this way. But then God mixes it up with a chariot with a 
bold new vision of what is to come. I get Elijah uh, excited, tired, ready to go to heaven. God, God wasn't done with Elijah yet either. I keep reminding you of the Mount of Transfiguration when Elijah would then someday appear with Moses and had what was that conversation like with Jesus before he died on the cross. And I get Elisha too, don't you? In his grief, he said, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Sometimes when a chapter we loved closes. See, we can't wait to be done with a chapter we dislike in our lives. Can we finish it, read the last word, close the book, and move on? But when it's a chapter of life, when it's a legacy of love that you have been thrilled with most days, it's hard to see what God is doing and let go, move on, and walk in God's power. But that's what Elisha has to do. I, I think he picked up the cloak initially because it's, it's all he had left of Elijah. Today, if we got a cloak like that, we'd put it on eBay and try to sell it as a collectible for millions of dollars. Wouldn't that be a wild cloak to have? But that's not at all what this was for. This was a symbol of God's anointing on Elisha. You see, it wasn't the power in the cloak. It was like a hammer in the hand of a carpenter. There was power in it. But I don't think even Elisha realized. He was dazed. He, it was just like when he was cold and Elijah had put the cloak on him. He, he, was, he was stunned in the moment. And Elisha at the Jordan walks up to the Jordan and just without thinking, this, this is me, this is how I picture it, without thinking he's got the cloak, he's rolled it up, he doesn't even have it on, he hasn't put it on fully yet, he doesn't know what God is about to do in his life, all he did was roll it up in, into a, a, a little ball, into a little stick, and, he, and just without thinking because he had seen his his earthly mentor do it he hits the water and the Jordan parted like it had for Elijah and like it had for the children of Israel long ago but the prophets saw it the prophets from Jericho hung out from a distance and I know why because they were able to confirm that God's anointing had been passed to Elisha. Can, can I just stop you here for just a minute? If you're going to leave a legacy, and if somebody has left you a legacy that you're living out right now, you may not even realize the power of God on you, but others will see it. Wait on their confirmation. Embrace it. Rejoice in it. And walk in God's power and start moving forward. Just go. Just go. In fact, I don't want you to forget this. A genuine and transformational legacy is left behind to be lived out 
by those who remain. Let me just say it to us again. I need to hear it myself this morning, and I wrote it. A genuine and transformational legacy is left behind to be lived out by those who remain. To live a legacy, we must walk in God's power and be willing to go. After all, that's why people invest in us, isn't it? They don't invest in us so that we can just make more money and have more, more stuff. People invest in us so that we can live a legacy that will constantly transform people that God places in our care and hopefully transforms the world. The BWC family has supported a young, a young leader like that for nine years. I didn't plan it this way. I could have never been that good. Uh, I had no idea that the timing of everything in Pastor Tyler's life would lead to today, but I would be amiss if I didn't talk about Pastor Tyler as the true living out thousands of years later of this kind of leaving a legacy and living a legacy. Uh, it's, so, it's so awesome. As I speak to you this morning, Pastor Tyler, uh, this will be his last Sunday with us here at BWC, this wonderful student ministries pastor. Uh, wonderful most days. And uh, just such an incredible uh, pastor and friend. He's been with us for over nine years, but I think about him like Elisha. Uh, he's, he's in a faith moment. He's in a waiting moment. He's in a walk in God's power and go moment. And he still doesn't know where God is leading him to serve in God's kingdom. Thank, thank the Lord that Jennifer has been able, his beautiful wife has been able to receive a job teaching as they prepare to move to the Indianapolis area. But I got to thinking about this. By God's incredible power and grace, Tyler led in our rebuilding of a youth ministry, poured into the next generation, and shared his love with all of us from behind the scenes to the front of the stage. And you know what? He's learned to be a, a, a pretty incredible preacher and communicator of God's word. But like Elisha, it's time for Tyler to walk in God's power and go. Like Elisha and Tyler, it is time for you and I to walk in God's power and go. That's why God creates legacy. He doesn't create it so that it's forgotten or buried in a coffin or placed in a mausoleum. God gives us a legacy to be lived out person to person, generation to generation. And that's why it's up to us to continue to live the legacy that Tyler leaves for us as Tyler and Jen go and live the legacy that we've implanted in them. It's the living story of Elijah and Elisha. In fact, to close out, I've asked Pastor Tyler to join me. So Pastor Tyler, it has truly been a joy these last nine years to watch how God has been blessing you, empowering you, 
And I, I just can't wait to see, hear what God is going to do next. So let me pray for you as we close this message. Father God, thank you for Pastor Tyler and his wonderful wife, Jennifer. Thank you for their two incredible boys. And God, I ask today that you would just anoint Pastor Tyler and his ministry as he leaves this place. God, we have been so humbly blessed to have his leadership and watch how he has poured into the lives of hundreds and hundreds of teenagers. But God, now it's time by faith to say, you need to go walk in God's power and be faithful. So God, anoint Pastor Tyler as he is open to where you would place him in ministry. God, thank you for an incredible man of God who has decided to trust you in everything that he does. And God, may we be faithful to live the legacy that Pastor Tyler has left this BWC family. And God, may we be a part of the legacy that he will continue to live out as he leaves this, this family and continues to fulfill his mission and the vision that you have for his life. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I love all of you. I love this guy. Um, just pray for the Williams family. Pray that God would anoint them and encourage them. And pray for BWC because there's more life and more ministry and more young lives, leaders to reach in the days ahead. I love all of you. Until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. We'll see you soon. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.